All right, BradCooney.com would like to welcome to the show alternative pop recording artist Ricky Persaud Jr. What is up, Ricky? Hey, how's it going, man? I'm feeling good. It's a gloomy day over here at New Jersey, but I'm keeping my my positivity up and, you know, yeah, just man. going with the flow. Yeah, I get that, man. You know, even if the weather's sunny, it's still kind of gloomy in America right now with with the COVID-19 everywhere. It's like spiking in spots and... It's frustrating, man, because I, I I just told you I'm from New York originally, but I live in the South now. I've lived down here in Mississippi for 21 years. And here in the South, it's spiking now because people, they're just not adhering to the to what they need to adhere to, man. Like, I think maybe we could have opened up a little too aggressive. And we'll get to your stuff in a second for sure. Yeah. But it's, it's just, uh, it's a trying time, man. So... I try to focus yeah. on as much positivity as I can, and um, you know, and just try to stay healthy and stay and stay, uh, you know, smart about this. You know. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was planning in a couple of weeks to go down to an awards ceremony, but me and my team decided that it was best that I stay here because, it's like you said, it's spiking down there again, and it's yeah. just it's really unsafe at this point. So you, yeah. you got to put your life first when it comes to those kind of things. Yeah, for sure, man, 100%. All right, so before we get into your your new record, I want to just give you an opportunity. Tell my listeners, I mean, you don't have to go all the way, you know, way back to childhood all the way through, but kind of give my listeners a little bit of a quick rundown about how it is you first start getting into into, uh, making music. Well, I started music literally technically when I was one years old, and that was when my parents bought me my first instrument for Christmas, which was a bongo set. And ever since then, I just kind of fell in love with music. And from there on, I started taking music appreciation classes at four, then that gave me the skills to go audition for an actual school, which was North School of the Arts, which is a big music school in New Jersey. And I got in at four years old for drums. And I spent a good time at that school learning guitar, bass, I already said drums and then keyboards. And then sometime after that, I went to other schools like Mark Murphy's Music and Edupac Jazz for Teens. And the cool thing about those two schools is that Mark Murphy's Music specializes in rock and indie fundamentals, Mm. while Edupac specializes in jazz fundamentals. And and you can hear all these different influences in my music because I think I like... It's like a buffet. I get a little bit of this, I get a little bit of that, and I just put it all on my plate. Yeah, definitely. And I've listened to two or three of your songs, and we'll touch on that in a little bit. Um, so how many instruments do you play? Yeah, that, that's really curious to me. It's interesting. It's really impressive, actually. I, it's a growing list. So I play guitar, bass, drums, harmonica, the vocals, the keyboards, wow. and I'm learning to play the sax currently. That's what's up, man. You know, when you were just saying that just now, a memory popped in my head. I saw an interview with, um, you know the show The View? Yeah, of course, yeah. So, before Prince passed away, Prince surprised the panel. He just shows up. And the crowd, of course, the audience goes nuts, of course, when he walked out. You know, even, like, Whoopi Goldberg was shocked. Everybody was, you can tell everybody, he was a complete... I guess the producers really pulled off an amazing surprise because he walked out and everybody was stunned. So anyway, once everybody calmed down and Prince was there to promote this concert that he was having in New York City, and so 
forgot which one it was. One of the girls, maybe it was Barbara Walters. One, one of them asked Prince about Justin Bieber because they had Justin Bieber on the show previous to that, and they asked Prince, "What are your thoughts on Justin Bieber?" And of course, Prince was a nice guy. You know, he didn't want to say anything bad about anybody. But one thing he said that was kind of surprising to me, but it really is telling about how Prince is. He said he's a he's a good entertainer. I just wish he would pick up an instrument. Is what he said. And I was like, wow. You know, and coming from Prince, who is a very, 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 very talented, very talented musician. He also yes, multiple very instruments. Much, very much. Inst- yeah, multiple instruments. And that's why that story popped in my head when you was when you was listing off all the instruments you played. Yeah, actually Prince is a huge influence to me and yeah. he was kind of one of the artists that enabled me to pick up so many instruments because a lot of my teachers growing up was were convincing me I need to stay within one instrument. Oh, but my God. mother was the kind of the person who was like, No, you gotta dibble and dabble as many things as you can because you never know what what door will open for you. Yes. I think your mother was right on the money, man, for real. <laughs> Alright, so let's talk about the record. Mind Your Own Business, of course, the acronym MYOB. Um, I listened to a few songs. I watched I watched the video, one of the videos. Um, We're going to get through this. Yeah, that's a great song, by the way. We'll touch on that in just a second. But I guess just um, talk a little bit about the record as a whole. Tell my listeners a little bit about the record as a whole. So MYOB, the acronym for Mind Your Own Business, is essentially a coming-of-tale story of knowing one's true self and essentially sticking it to the man and sticking it to the haters. Because a lot of people can, can try to cloud up your vision of what you want to do in life, but you got to believe in yourself and just go full force with mm-hmm. your dreams. Yeah, what's up? So I also listened to a a really short instrumental, and... There's no vocals to it, so when I push play, it really intrigued me. You know, it really grabbed me, it pulled me in, and then it was over with within <laughs> like less than a minute. And I was like, I want more. What the hell's going on here? Uh, but that was good, though. I mean, whenever you do a project, whatever it is, if you leave somebody wanting more, that's always a good sign. Yeah, what that is is essentially I heard those instruments in a dream. What I did was I was trying to my best because I couldn't put it in an actual song with like lyrics because it was just like background guitars because if you hear like I played a guitar one time and then I reversed it and that's what what you was hearing there Mm. and that the game start is literally I was trying to simulate you know how you have like an old video game console and you start it up and it makes like a cool like sound right Mm -hmm. and that's what that song is and that leads into the next song Love is Just a Game which is a cool segue Uh, so that's like a lead in song to to another yes gotcha I initially intended for it to be one long song, but I didn't want like a five, six minute song, so that's why I made it its own track. Yeah. How long did this project take you to get to get recorded and released? Well, it took me several months, but one song that stood out was um, MYOB because that song took me three months to record. Yeah. And the reason the reason for that was because my original draft, I showed it to my team, and they're like. Ricky, you gotta go back in it because it's not—it's not sounding as it should. Mm-hmm. And I just spent some those three months just revising it, revising and adding new things until it worked. And thank goodness, after three months of putting my heart earned sweat and tears, it worked. And the song—I can see why they sent you back in because that's—that's that's not a simple song. When I listen to it, I've, I'm a musician myself. I play guitar a little bit. 
Um, and a little bit of harmonica. You mentioned harmonica before. I actually just picked up a harmonica about a year ago. Sweet. And started, and started learning it. I've got a long way to go on that one still, but I've come a little ways. Um, but the song MYOB, it's not a simple song. It's not a song that's just, just, you know, a couple power chords and, you know, it's, it's pretty complex. So I can see why it took some adjusting, you know, to tweak it out. Thank you, man. Yeah, it's, it's just like, how Queen, you know Freddie Mercury, right? Oh, of course. Oh, of course. It took him a lot of time to make Bohemian Rhapsody. I'm not trying to compare myself to him because he's like a god. What yeah. I'm trying to say, sometimes a great song just takes time. Yeah. And you can't just rush it, otherwise you just get something that's mediocre. So that's why I took my time yeah. and just did what I did. It's a great analogy, actually, because Bohemian Rhapsody, he drove the rest of the bandmates like insane with that, with that song. Um, yeah. Had him in the studio, I mean, changing different octaves and... Um, Freddie Murphy, my God, man. Mm-hmm. Gone too soon, brother. Gone yes, soon. absolutely. Yeah. I remember growing up in the, of course, I'm, I'm pretty old. I'm 50, I'll be 55 in October. Well, so I remember, God bless you, man. Thank you. I, I remember growing up in the 70s and the early 80s when Queen was just exploded on the scene. Like They came out of nowhere. And, um... Man, I was just captivated. I've been a Queen fan ever since. Ever since the first day I ever heard him. So. Yeah, I mean, I had a similar experience when I was growing up in uh, my household because my mom plays a lot of rock and roll, and Queen was one of those bands she played constantly. And I remember hearing Bohemian Rhapsody for the first time. It was like, wow, music can sound like this. Yeah. Music can have all these intricate sections. I'm like, I gotta, I gotta hop on this train, you know? Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. You know what I have a lot of fun doing? Do you ever go on YouTube and watch some of the reaction videos? Yeah. It's, it's, for some reason, Bohemian Rhapsody is a very popular reaction. It is. Um, series. I don't know why, but... <laughs> you know what's so fun about it, though? It's like somebody my age, somebody who grew up when that song first came out. I mean, I remember when it first came out. I remember Queen was touring. and So it's really intriguing to me when I when I sit and watch... A 20-year-old today, for the first time ever, hearing that song and watching their watching their expressions and watching how their face expressions change. Of course, you know, listening to a Freddie Mercury song is is a journey. So yes. when I see the face expressions, it's like really enlightening for me. It makes me feel great because it's like Freddie Mercury is he just he's so. Um, Every generation, every generation, if you love music, you're just going to appreciate music. It doesn't matter if you're born 20 or 30 years later. Absolutely. It's just, it's, it's timeless music. Yeah. Yep, definitely. All right, we are going to get through this. I, I listened to the song, and I listened to it three times. The first time I listened to it, I was all analytical, and then the second time I listened to it as a fan because I liked it. <laughs> And then the third time, I just wanted to listen to it again to see how much I liked it. And I liked it a lot. And I also liked the video. I watched the video for it as well. And it's, it's, a, it's a timely song because the country needs it right now. Yeah. yeah tell absolutely. me more. Tell me the backstory. So I was, I was actually, I wrote this song for, for a class because I was taking a, a, a social songwriting change class at Berkeley College of Music. And... I was just thinking about what's going on with with COVID and, and the racial discrimination going on. I was just mm-hmm. I was just feeling so down, and I didn't know how to 
act or just just breathe or live in this world at the moment. And my mom came to me and she was like, why don't you put those feelings, you know, write it down and try to put some music behind it. And, and I did it. And that's what came about that song. And what's funny about that song, I don't usually make songs like slow and of that caliber, but it just, it just came out of me. I mean, it's just, the song literally wrote itself. Well, like I said, it was a timely release. Um, and you know, you mentioned you mentioned the racism thing in this country, and it's. I like what Will Smith said. He said it's like it's always been there. Now we have video. You know, now we have everybody has camera phones, so it's just it's 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 more. Um, this can't be hidden as easy as, as it used to be. Yeah. I recently had a conversation with a friend of mine who, um, you know, you know when when when. I hate to go into make this a whole race thing, but this is an important point. So, one of the things that bothers me, and it irritates the stew out of me, actually, is when I see somebody say Black Lives Matter, or, or if I see somebody post a Black Lives Matter meme, when I get irritated is when I see re- rebuttals underneath, when I see people say All Lives Matter. It bothers me. It bothers me because, first of all, you should never say that in the context of a rebuttal because every black person that I know and I know many never, not one of them ever told me that white lives don't matter <laughs> you know what I mean so it's frustrating to me if people don't research it is what it's a movement you know and so when somebody rebuts black lives matter with a all lives matter it's really disrespectful and it just waters down everything it's just, you just need to just to Research what things mean before you speak. Absolutely. I mean, it's the point to me what the Black Lives Matter is. It's, it's not trying to put black lives above everyone else, but be on the same plane point as everyone else. Right. And I don't understand. It's like you said, how can you dispute that? Yeah. We're just, we just want equality. That's all we're asking for, you know? Yes, there's like this really strange knee-jerk reaction. I think when when a lot of white people, not all of them, because there's a lot of white folks out that are on board with Black Lives Matter. I've seen a ton of them when when the George, you know, when, when the um, George Floyd riots were going down and the protests were going down, there was just as many white folks out there I saw as African Americans. Um, so it's definitely not all white people, but there's that population of white people. They get this knee-jerk reaction when they see Black Lives Matter, like like as if someone told them that, well, you don't matter. It's just not the case. It's not the case. It's weird. It's really strange oh, to me. Yeah, hopefully we'll get to a point where we'll understand each other and we don't have to keep fighting it like, 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 you know, like, like we're savages because we're human beings. Yeah. We have the capability of, of, of being civilized and all that stuff. You know the same thing with white privilege. It's a very, it's a, it's a very similar thing with some some white folks when they hear the terminology white privilege. That that instinctive knee jerk defense mechanism kicks in again, and people that do that they don't understand what white privilege is. They hear white privilege, and I think the word privilege is is the is the core that struck because there's a lot of white folks. For example, my father. My father was born in 1922. And he was poor, and my dad only had a ninth grade education. And he he was a laborer. He, he insulated houses for a living. He didn't make much money at all. But my father enjoyed white privilege. 
and people, a lot of people don't get, they don't get that because they, they equate white privilege as monetary or, you know, uh, what kind of car you might drive. You know what I mean? It has nothing to do with that. Yeah. It's, and that's the thing. So when I get into these debates with people and I try to open eyes, you know, my dad, even though he was poor, he didn't have much, but he also enjoyed white privilege over because he wasn't falling around in the stores because he was too white. Or, you know, there's, there's plenty of other examples I can use. So I think education is key. And I know we're getting off on a weird thing here with your interview, but it's in your bio, and I saw some things that, mean, that was important to you in your bio, so I wanted to bring this up a little bit. Um, I think that songs like yours helps because you touch on it, and hopefully it can, it can educate some folks too. Yeah, that's literally my mission as, as an artist because I told myself years ago when I was trying to figure out who, who I am as an artist and what I want to say that I want to make a difference and I actually want to say something and not just talk about partying and drinking and all that kind of stuff because that stuff really doesn't matter at the end of the day. What matters is trying to encourage people to live a more optimistic, progressive life where we bringing all people of races and include everyone of regardless of gender, race, or any of that stuff. Yeah, so true, man. How old, how old the guy are you? How old are you? I'm 21 at the moment. Yeah, man. You're you're beyond your years. I mean that in a complimentary you. way. You you have a lot more wisdom to you than a lot of 21 year olds that I know. Um, so that's good. Um, really impressive too, man. I love the fact you play so many instruments. Also, another thing I really wanted to touch on is your vocals. Um, to me. I need to hear someone singing without aids, like auto-tune. Um, I'm not a, you know, I'm not like a totally anti-auto-tune guy, but I do appreciate singers that can sing without those. And you sound like one of those guys. Yeah, I mean, to be absolutely honest, I use a little bit of auto-tune, but not so much where it's like T-Pain auto-tune, but it's just like... right. It's just, it just adds color. That's what I'm using auto-tune for. I'm not using it because I can't sing. I'm just using it as like a coloring method. And that's, and that's the, in my opinion, that's really the way they should be used. If you're going to use one. Because you obviously can sing. I can tell you can sing without one, too. Um, you just can't. But, but there are some folks that really just, like me, I, I play guitar, but I'm an awful singer. Terrible. I don't think there's an auto-tuner made on the earth that can save me. Um, I'm, oh, don't say that. <laughs> I am so awful. Take the time. <laughs> <laughs> I am so awful. Trust me when I tell you, I can't sing, man. It's terrible. Um, but yeah, so so let's talk about musical inspirations. You, you you your mom and dad were just a just like a smorgasbord of music. I mean, so who who are some big name people that influenced you in the music field? Well, some artists that I loved as a kid and and that I still listen to to this day is, you know, the Beatles, Michael Jackson, Prince, Bob Marley, Nirvana, Jimi Hendrix. And the reason why I really love those artists is because when they came into the scene, they completely changed it for the better. And I just really admire that as an artist because they were game changers, you know? They didn't play by the rules of what the music industry was telling them to be. They did their own thing. Mm -hmm. That's true. And the names you just listed are, like, at the elite level too because there's a lot of really good musicians and there's really good ones and there's great ones 
And then you have that elite level, you know, that just separate. They'd separate themselves from the rest of the pack. And, of course, the Beatles, um, just icons. And Prince, another icon. Michael Jackson, my God. I mean, icon. You know what I mean? Legendary. Yeah, legendary. Um, I liked what NWA did back in the early 90s. Uh, oh yes, 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 absolutely. You talk game about changers. yeah. You talk about you talk about game changers and like somebody who took on took on the 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 the, the monsters out there. They took on the U.S. government. They they took yeah. on, you know all kinds of yeah. N.W.A. Also, I'm a big Tupac fan too. I thought he was a he separated himself too. Um, <laughs> it's amazing. All right, man. Um, what else you got going on? So, so, any other singles you wanted to talk about, or, or, or you got some stuff coming up? Well, for s- stuff coming up, I would say that I'm going to work on more promotion, more marketing for my music, and I'm getting ready for the Grammy season because that's coming up real, real soon. So I'm trying to get prepared for all the FYCs and all that kind of stuff, and. At the moment, I'm working on a new project. I don't know what it's going to be, but it's in the works. And I guess in, in regards to some of the other singles on this album, is that NGU is a pretty big um, song for me on this record. Well, let's talk about it. T- tell me, tell me what you like about it. Well, NGU is basically talking about my dealings with depression in the past, and it's oh. basically overcoming that depression. There's a line, a lyric in there that I really love that um, sadness can drive someone to madness but I use it for my canvas to get out of this haze mm. what that line is one of my favorite lines of the whole album is I although I'm, I can deal with depression I'm not going to let it get the best of me I'm going to use it and use it for art I'm going to make something good out of it so mm. I can get out of this, this predicament that I'm in I love that you're talking to somebody who's coped with depression for many years um, I have, thank God, I have not had symptoms in, in many years, but back when I was your age and into my early 30s, I had, I had to take antidepressant medication. It's, um, it's something that people who don't have can't really, can't really relate. You know what I mean? It's a lot of people, when they hear the word depression, they think, oh, he's just in a sad mood. Oh, I wish that's, I really wish depression was that easy. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, for real. It's 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 so much more to that. Oh, oh it's, it's, that's another. That could be a two-hour podcast we can have just on that topic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and the thing about my depression that it was triggered from me being bullied in middle school, which yeah. is which is talked about another song in the song. Excuse me, another song that's off of this album called "Sorry Not Sorry," which is a song that's specifically talking about the bullying situation in the U.S. and how to overcome being oppressed and just know who you are and just go through with it. Because mm. that was something I had a hard time dealing with growing up, and I wish there was an artist I could have listened to that was talking that way. But that's why, again, when I decided what kind of artist I wanted to be, I wanted to make positive messages in regards to topics like this yeah man you know when you when you mentioned that song and the meaning behind it on my facebook page i'm part of a group it's it's my high school facebook page we have a page where everybody who graduated from my high school can join this facebook group and it's fun because people post a lot of stuff about different memories growing up in that town and recently somebody talked about bullies and that thread blew up, dude. It blew up. I mean, it's amazing. There's folks like me 
in their 50s now. I can. There's two kids that I still remember their first and last names that I still to this day hold anger towards because they bullied me. They bullied me, and, and, and I can tell you their first names, and it's crazy how long a lasting impact that bullying has on people. Yeah. And in your case, thankfully, you've, you've been able to, to deal with it, and you use your music um, as a vessel to deal with it, and it helps other people. But we've lost a lot of really good people that were bullied that took their own lives yeah. because of that, you know? Yeah, I had a close friend that I... I, I um went to, to jazz school with yeah. and he was unfortunately bullied and the sad thing was he never told anyone that he was going mm-hmm. to school with that he was being bullied and I remember just feeling so awful when, when I heard the news that he passed Yeah, and that was also a big catalyst for me to start talking about my bullying situation because up until that point I was kind of putting it away I was shoving it away and I wasn't yeah. talking about it but it was that situation where I don't want another kid to go through that again and I want to make sure that people hear my story so they know how to deal with their situation that's good on you man good on you and you make a good point because a lot of kids that get bullied they don't want to tell anybody because they're afraid for multiple reasons they're afraid whoever they tell might might run back and tell the bullies and it gets worse um, there's shame some some kids are just ashamed to, to want to share that some are dealing with depression yeah. and you know how it is when you're having depression symptoms. You just you just shut down. Um, yeah. So I, I really applaud you, man. You're using your music in all the right ways. So good on you. Thank you, man. All right. I guess we've talked about just about everything we need to get through on this interview. Um, but I do want to give you an opportunity before we wrap this up to tell everybody out there listening where they can get your music and where they can follow you on social media and things like that well you can follow me on twitter soundcloud youtube instagram facebook webpage which is rickypassadejr1.com that's my own personal website and you can also follow me on spotify and i'm always putting out new content and keeping everyone in the flow of my recent endeavors and things along those lines so just so just remember just search ricky Prasad jr well, Ricky, I enjoyed speaking with you. You're a very impressive young man. I really, I really mean that. I don't just say that to anybody. I'm very impressed with your talent, with your head on your shoulders, your mission, the whole nine, man. So I wish you the best of luck, and I want you to come back. You're welcome back anytime whenever you got some new stuff to talk about, okay? Thank you so much, Brad. It's been a pleasure. It's been my pleasure as well. Have a good night, okay? You too. Peace. Peace to you.